0: This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started.
1: We're continuing our story in Genesis. And this week's teaching time is over Genesis chapter 32 officially verses 22 through 31 but we're going to go back a little bit before that and catch up a little bit because when we last left off in our story Jacob had taken his family and was fleeing from Laban. In this time Jacob is on his way continuing his journey back to Canaan and he tells Esau that he's coming. Now, he told the men who were going to take the gift to him, and when you meet him, tell him these things. Well, then he finds out that Esau is coming to meet him, and he's bringing 400 men with him. And that makes Jacob just a tad worried, because the last time he saw Esau, what do we remember about the story? Yeah, he... Esau said, I'm going to kill my brother. How do you picture Jacob as we talk about this? But how do you see him? Is he an old or a young man? Say again? Well, no. Because a few chapters before, remember, he and Esau are twins, right? A few chapters before this, it says, when Esau was 40. He married these two Hittite women. Now, what we don't know is the, how long it took between this verse and when Jacob had to run for his life. But what we do know is that he was with Laban for about 20 years. So at a minimum, Jacob is about 60 years old as this story is unfolding. So he sends Esau the gift And here's where we have to kind of look at Jacob and say, have the years really changed him that much? Because what the text tells us is that he gathered his family, and what does he do? He sends them across the brook, but he stays on one side. So, really gallant, isn't he? He's sending his wives and his kids ahead of him across the brook while he stays on one side. So Esau shows up and the first thing he's going to see is four women and 11 kids. Or actually by this time probably teenagers and young men. So here he is. Now, because he needs the security of knowing that there is some people between him and his possibly vengeful brother Esau. So Jacob is by himself. And it says, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day." There's no guess here over whether or not Jacob was going to be able to prevail. So Jacob is wrestling with this person or man. What was the purpose of this wrestling match? The purpose was not so the man could prove he could beat Jacob. Because, as we know, this man turns out to be an early theophany of Jesus. And so, being God, he could whoop Jacob any time he wanted to with just a mere thought. Because we're talking about God here. So, what's going on? You see, it's talking about overpowering. Now, Authority figures like parents can easily overpower their kids in any kind of dispute, right? You'd think so, or at least you hope so? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, okay. let Run with it the way I said it here. You know, we, we can possibly overcome and overpower our children, especially if they're really young, like toddlers. Now, what's going on here is this. The Lord stays with Jacob in this wrestling match, as it were. But here's the truth of this. God knew He could beat Jacob, but He doesn't. He chooses instead to stay with Jacob throughout the night, throughout the course of this wrestling match, throughout the time of this ordeal. And what happens? It gets nearly the break of day. And as a result, what happened as a result was a grace-filled relationship between the Lord and Jacob. And as it were, Jacob would have the assurance that God would stay with him even as long as the controversy or the difficulty or the trials last because the Lord moderated his strength so Jacob could continue to wrestle and could keep in there and hang in there because the Lord was not going to bail out on Jacob Jacob knew the Lord would stay with him in the course of a struggle And he knew that he would always have God with him. And that's important for us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That we know that no matter how difficult the struggle is that we are in, no matter the difficulty, no matter how tragic the situation may seem, God will stay with us. And he will see us through. And I remember very clearly about ten years ago, I flew down to Texas and it was because my dad was in very serious condition. And at one point back in the summer of 2012, we had watched a lot of the episodes of Doctor Who. Everybody know what that is? The sci-fi show? And one of those episodes was called The Girl in the Fireplace. And the last scene is there's a horse-drawn hearse taking her she's aged to the point where she passes away and the horse-drawn hearse clops over the cobblestones and you can hear it bouncing around. Now how this relates is that there was one night where I went to sleep and there was a ceiling fan above me that had a rhythmic tapping noise and as a result I dreamed that what I was hearing was a horse walking along or riding along, clopping his feet on the cobblestone street, pulling a hearse. And it was through that dream that I knew that Dad wasn't going to make it. So I got up early and I went to the hospital and so as a result I could basically read him his last rites. And he knew. He was aware of what was going on. But here's the deal through this entire process, I was never without the sense that the Lord was with me. I knew He was there. I knew and I felt His presence even during the time when I knew that my dad was going to take leave and go be with Jesus. I knew it was going to happen. But the Lord was with me. And I knew it, and I sensed it. And that's how this relates to this situation here. Jacob was wrestling, and he was struggling, but he knew through the process, again, that the Lord would not leave him alone. And that doesn't mean he's not going to pester him anymore. What it means is that Jacob knew that God would always be with him. How did Jacob know that this was God? Because he says, I've seen God face to face. How does he know? Well, if you go back to, was it Genesis 28 or 29, you remember that he had the dream of the ladder and he looked up into heaven and he saw the face of the Lord. So he knew as a result of that, that he was wrestling With God, but he goes, I've seen God face to face and my life was preserved. And that's a key word there because Jacob's life was preserved. The Lord touched his hip and got it out of socket. But you see, you know that sometimes the limp or the scar as a result of our struggle is a trophy. A sign of the grace that we have received. The limp or the scar is a medal, a grace, not a war wound. It's a sign of the fact that the Lord has worked with you, He's been with you, He's seen you through the struggle, and yes, you didn't come out unscathed. But as a result, you still knew that the Lord was by your side and that he had been with you through the struggle. And so, the issue there is persistence. You see, Jacob persisted. He kept going, he didn't give up. And so, this is an illustration of prayer, of intercessory prayer, of prayer where we have to wrestle with the very thing that makes us the most afraid. Our whole being, as Ian Bounds writes in his book, The Purpose in Prayer, our whole being must be in our praying. Like John Knox, we must say and feel, give me Scotland or I die. Our experience and revelations of God are born of our costly sacrifice, our costly conflicts, our costly praying. The wrestling, all-night praying of Jacob made an era never to be forgotten in Jacob's life, brought God to the rescue, changed Esau's attitude and conduct, changed Jacob's character, saved and affected his life, and entered into the habits of a nation. So you see, here's how we know that Jacob needed this time and the results. When Esau comes to meet him, Instead of being in the back, this time when Esau arrives, Jacob is in the front. He has moved to the front of that pack. He is now aware that the Lord is with him and he need not fear the vengeful thoughts and ideations of his brother. He was in the front. And he persisted. He lasted and he was changed. And not only that, Esau had changed. Because what does Esau do? It says, he ran to meet him and embraced him, and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these with you? Instead of carrying out his plot, he wants to know about Jacob's family. So that wrestling, that time of prayer, changed everything. And so if we want to see those radical changes in our lives too, what we need to do is get into the habit of spending more time in prayer and less time, and I'm preaching to myself here a little bit, less time on social media, more in prayer, less on the internet. The internet can't tell you it's going to be okay. But the Lord can through our time with him in prayer. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at christthekingnorthshore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at Christ the King North Shore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.